This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Welcome to DSC's Campfires with Larry Wysoon. The unique blend of hunting, conservation, and the outdoor lifestyle. Delivered in an entertaining, informative fashion that only a veteran outdoorsman can do. DSC Campfires is brought to you by DSC, Conservation, Education, and Hunter Advocacy. Hornady, Accurate, Deadly, Dependable. Trigicon, Brilliant Aiming Solutions. Ruger, Rugged, Reliable Firearms. Burnham Brothers Game Calls, Calling as Calls Made. Double Nickel Taxidermy, where hunting memories are preserved. Taurus, maker of the Raging Hunter and other fine handguns. Now here's your host, Larry Wysoon. David Fox, thank you for another fantastic intro. And, and this morning, the campfire, the DSC campfire, is in Fredericksburg, Texas. And I'm with a young man whose name is Ryan. And Ryan, I'll ask you to spell your name and to how to get in touch with you. Sure, yeah. Ryan Hoover, it's R-Y-A-N. Hoover, like the vacuum cleaner, H-O-O-V-E-R. And uh, you can get in touch with me at um, <clears throat> Handgun Hunter Supply or through handgunhuntersinternational.com. Very interesting. I, I came across you some time ago because of a love of handgunning. Now, tell me a little bit about your background because I want to, where I really want to go with this is what you're doing these days, but what kind of got you to this point and where did your interest in handgun hunting come from? Well, it kind of, like the handgun hunting industry itself, it kind of waxed and waned a little bit. And uh, <clears throat> But when I was a kid, I wrote, uh, I, I had a guy in our church who took me under his wing and taught me how to hunt. And um, so I, I bought guns and ammo. No, 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 Peterson's Hunting. That's what was the first one I bought, off the rack. And I went into the back and I wrote off for every catalog I could get. You know, back, <laughs> back when you had to do stamps and all that yeah, stuff? Yeah, I remember yeah. very well. And so my dad, my dad was so, he's like, where did all my stamps go? <laughs> and so I sent off and I get all these catalogs. Well, I got the Thompson Center catalog. And in the 1995 Thompson Center catalog, they had a, um, a centerfold which listed all the different calibers that you could have that they offered in factory barrels. And at the bottom was a 300 Whisper. And, uh, you know, I was thinking, what is this? I've never heard of this before, right? right? And uh, that led me down the path to getting, like, the versatility of the TC. Then I learned about J.D. Jones and SSK Industries. I start, I'm, a, I'm an avid reader. I'm self, like, almost everything I know I've read. That's how I teach myself. And so uh, I picked up uh, Hunting for Handgunners. Uh, and then Mark Hampton's books, and I've just read those many times over the years. Another one was uh, about that same time I picked up the 1995 Guns and Ammo Annual, which I still have. They reprinted two articles by Elmer Keith in those. The first one was um, about double guns, big bores. But the second one included his famous story about killing a mule deer at over 600 yards with his revolver. Uh, and I was 
intrigued, you know, you know what, you know, got me thinking with between him and JD, and you know, the, that was the '90s, and that was handgun hunting was still going strong. What, what, what's this all about? Well, I took um, after high school, I left to did a stint in the in the Navy as a gunner's mate. So I was basically we call them gun plumbers, you know, we were changing parts, and yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, but my my love does not lie with those kinds of weapons. It's just that's what that was what my experience was. So after um, uh, after that, after I got out, came home uh, and worked at McBride's in Austin. Oh really? Yeah. yeah. I did a year in two thousand and five. Yeah, I was there for a whole year working in their um, gunsmith shop, and it was really good for me because Joe McBride had me. Um, clean and test fire every used gun he bought so i learned how to work on everything yeah but yeah. how cool but yeah it was, it was great 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 yeah, experience it was it was really great and i got to see some weird guns you know <laughs> and yeah <clears throat> so at, by, at that point i was still thinking that i wanted to be a general gunsmith you know um the men in my family aren't noted for their wise financial choices <laughs> <laughs> So uh, I, I uh, after I went after that time at McBride's, I went to um, TSTC in Waco, Texas State Technical yes. College. Yes. And I spent a year there learning how to be a machinist because I figured I didn't want to leave Texas to go to one of the gunsmithing schools. Uh, I had just gotten home out of the military and I didn't want to leave. Uh, and I figured if I had a machining background, I could get a job while I was building my shop. So I tell you, this is I'm not endorsed by TSDC, but man, was that school fantastic! I got my certificate in machi machining, and all I did when I was at school was machine. I learned how to do what I was there to do, and I was well taught by guys who were from the industry, and I came out with a really good base of knowledge on how to run machines, both CNC and manual. Right, right. And uh, uh, that was great. That Again, was fantastic. Again, tremendous background. <clears throat> well, so you're building yeah. a very solid foundation. Yeah, that's a, that was the idea. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So uh, while I was uh, after that, I came to Fredericksburg when we back home, and we have a lot of machine shops here. We yes. have an uncommon number of machine shops here. Got a job working at a machine shop, programming CNC machines while I built up uh, my business. I got my FFL in 07, and then I was off to the races. I worked in my garage for a little while, and then I got married. My wife kicked me out, <laughs> and then <laughs> for. Uh, uh, for a long time, I did the warranty work for Cimarron Firearms. So, um, oh yeah, Heck, uh, yeah. I, I I have a long history with them, um, and now here I am in this. I have a twelve hundred square foot shop. I have a master gunmaker who works for me, and I've really discovered that my love, uh, as most people in my life probably could have told me ten years ago, is talking. <laughs> you know, I love I love meeting people and talking and hunting and, uh, but to circle back around. From when I was a kid, self-reliance just fascinated me. The idea, because we lived in, even though we lived in Austin at the time, there was a quarry that had been backfilled with water, and it was a great fishing spot. So I would take a, a spool of line, I didn't have a rod, a spool right. of line with a hook on the end and some white bread, and we go catch sunfish off the dock and have my dad fry them up for us. And the idea that I could go and get my own food, that was just... It has always been just so intriguing to me. Uh, when I was 14, 13 or 14, I, <laughs> I killed a squirrel in our backyard with my pellet gun. Uh, in the, in Terrytown in Austin, which is a nice name. We terror, me and my two brothers terrorized that neighborhood. The guy from church who had me under, that I mentioned, he, uh, he came over and showed me how to gut and skin the squirrel and right. we barbecued it. And I was like... Oh you know, I just thought it was the best thing ever that I'm I'm eating something I got. Now you truly are. Real. Exactly. Yeah, exactly right. And uh, so then, I mean, I, I garden. We have chickens, and we eat we eat what we kill. And that, to me, um, is is the real deal about everything. Now, handgun hunting just ups the challenge, which, in my opinion, in my experience, ups the reliance on yourself. You know, you gain discipline. You gain. Uh, um, you gain confidence in yourself when you over like so because because becoming proficient with a handgun is so much more difficult than shooting with a rifle you you gain confidence in other areas of your life like if i can apply the discipline to do this what else can i apply it to in my life and to me handgun hunter means so much more than someone who just hunts with a handgun it's kind of an an ethos a lifestyle of of self-reliance 
sometimes stubbornness and uh, I, as you well know haven't been doing this a lot longer than me <laughs> well I mean I, I, I grew up out in the country and uh, I was also around people who were involved in law enforcement quite a bit mm-hmm. and so I was fascinated with some of the handguns that they carried and of course I came along during the time when the cowboy movies and cowboy oh, TV yeah. shows oh, yeah. whenever there was any time to go to a movie or to watch TV it was always about cowboys with with uh, six guns kind of oh, thing. Yeah. so that created a, a fascination for me about the handgun and because what you just mentioned there is that challenge of it is a little bit more difficult to uh, shoot in a rifle, but like anything with a barrel, the bullet goes where the barrel's pointed right. when you pull the trigger kind of thing. But uh, So t- tell me a little bit about your background in terms of, of hunting with a handgun. Well, you know, I, I, I always tell people I'm not an expert. I'm an evangelist. And I... Uh, I, I'm working on kind of a, a project that is that evangelist to expert deal. So I did not really start hunting with a handgun exclusively until just a few years ago. I mean, maybe four years ago or something. <clears throat> I was at a point in my career where it was kind of one of those, I was definitely not in my midlife, but it was one of those things like, what am I doing? Right. I'm not happy. <laughs> I don't want to fix another semi-automatic 22 rifle. <laughs> and I don't want to have the conversation with somebody that it's going to cost five times what their gun's worth to get it fixed. You know? Right. Um, I do love offering that service to my local community because I, I'm sure you know how few general gunsmiths there are left. And, oh, yes. Uh, yes. and uh, well, I'll take this opportunity to tell you my what i always tell people about general gunsmiths is that being a general gunsmith is like being a car mechanic and one day being asked to work on a horse and buggy and the next day being asked to work on an f1 mclaren and being expected to know to be competent at each so you know that it's a sad truth of our world today that if you want to be successful and you want to be able to feed your family specialization is really the way to go but anyway, back to what I was saying about handgun hunting. I, I saw online a guy. Have you ever heard of W Gear? Yeah, Cody yes. Weiser yes. Uh, had Mike uh, Abel build him a, a single shot forty five seventy on a Model 7 action uh, with a cut-down choke stock. You know the old plaster disaster stocks, they call them? Oh, yeah. Uh, so I saw that, and I was like, what? is that you know it's this crazy looking thing i think he calls it dolores or something like that and um i thought well i wonder what that is could i do that so back at the time remington actions were still available so i picked one up um i bought a stock from uh revolution uh, they're the cricket people the the keystone sporting arms people mm-hmm. and i cut it down and i bedded it and i made a <laughs> i made a bolt action pistol in 458 socom because I had had the reamer and I just wanted to see what right. to do. The gun ended up weighing seven and a half pounds. Like, <laughs> not not a stalking gun. But oh, no, but <laughs> that first season, I put a sling on it. I got a bog pod, red-legged devil bipod. I stalked around the woods here in, in my county, and uh, I killed a pig, a whitetail, an axis, and an elk with it. And it was just amazing. You know, just like one of those when the sky parted and Moses got the Ten Commandments kind of deals like this is how you connect what you love to how you make a living and so the next I, I, I that was great the next seasons uh, were were mostly stumbling to be honest I had so many misses uh, I developed an anxiety induced flinch I uh, there. <laughs> uh, I didn't. Fortunately, I don't have any unrecovered game. Uh, no, no serious wounded game that got away, because I was, you know, I realized I need to get to the range and practice this. Uh, so I limited my hunting to things that I knew I could accomplish, like distances that I set boundaries for myself. Right, exactly. And um, it's all kind of culminated in the past six months with my. Um, you know increased dedication to practice i went to two competitions this summer that were focused on uh, handguns only and uh, i i couldn't be more excited for this next season tell me a little bit about the the handgun long range distance that you were shooting and 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 what that why that what so uh, handgun hunters are a small 
but vociferous community. True. You know, there and and the handgun hunting community is you know like I mentioned waxed and waned and I believe right now it's waxing, but there is a core group of people who've been doing it for a long time. So you can find a lot of good information online uh, of of uh, experienced amateurs. Right. And uh, I came across in some of the groups I was involved in with uh, a guy named Ernie Bishop. Who Ernie Bishop is a in the circles a well-known single-shot bolt-action uh, pistol shooter, and he 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 um, he always like he does group buys for McMillan stocks for XP 100s. He's always buying and selling. And um, I bought a pistol stock from him for a for a custom pistol we're building in the shop, and learned about a competition he put on called Y Shot in uh, Gillette, Wyoming. And he, um, this is strictly a long-range pistol competition, with, shot mostly with custom XP100s. Um, I was using an XP and 6.5 Creedmoor, and it's a two-day course, and the furthest target you engage, which is on the second day, is 1,444 yards. I think it's a 16 by 18-inch target. Now, I want to caveat that by saying these are not distances at which I would ever promote hunting game. Right, exactly. But it, to me, it is just a great example of breaking the boundaries of what people think handguns are capable of. So I was able to, uh, I was still dealing with my flinch, which I did, I did overcome to some degree by the end of the first day, and was able to make hits on that 1,400-yard target, the second shot, on the timer, which was a huge... Confidence booster, mountain oh my gosh, ascended yes. Yes. type deal for me, and I don't want to say I am not. I'm nothing special about that. I'm not a. I'm not a world class shooter. I'm not even a state class. <laughs> you know, I. But I had a good gun. I had a good spotter. I had a good coach that helped. You know. It, it, encourage me the group you know as you know the handgun hunting community is almost nothing but encouraging and it was truly due to the circumstances that i was able to do that and it it i left with like this feeling of okay i'm ready to ascend the next the the next uh hill that is so cool what what barrel length were you using in that i think that gun had a 15 inch barrel 15 inch barrel yeah yeah it was really cool it was really great yeah that is interesting. I, I, I've shot contenders and XP uh-huh. 100 in years mm-hmm. past, and, and I've shot out to uh, five, 600 yards. Mm-hmm. Never really tried beyond that. I've mm-hmm. shot prairie dogs oh, yeah. 500 yards right, yeah. with, uh, with those guns. But uh, t- to me, I've never really tried to stretch it beyond that. Mm-hmm. But that's really interesting because it shows, particularly with the, the rifle-type caliber mm-hmm. or, and cartridges mm-hmm. in a short barrel, what can be done at long ranges. Right. And, you know, um, as a gun builder, I've always known that barrel length had zero to do with accuracy, only velocity. The, the uh, Barrel length is really only... Uh, only affects your velocity, and so yeah, you have a little bit more of a rainbow trajectory with with shorter barrels, but they can be every bit as accurate. One of the things used to tickle me, I did a lot of things with Thompson Center years ago, and shot uh, shot the first critters and the first encores made, mm-hmm. literally. Yeah. And uh, but one of the things that really always impressed me was the accuracy. We'd go somewhere, and I'd show up with a 308, and I shot a 30 out six a lot. Mm-hmm. And that had velocities of about a 308 in that sharp barrel. Yeah. And people look at you and go, you're going to shoot that thing? You know, they put up a target at 100 yards, and from a decent to a good rest, they were shooting their deer rifles, which were, might be 300s or mm-hmm. 30-06, and they'd shoot an inch-and-a-half, two-inch group, and they were thrilled with it. And I could get up there with that 30-06 mm-hmm. Encore, same ammo that they were using, and literally shoot one inch or less groups at that distance. Yeah, it just and it would just, and it was it was a gun more than anything else, but also shot it a whole lot. I had a really right. good trigger and a good rest. And, and see, that's the thing too is that handgun hunters are generally more practiced with their guns. I mean, how many times you've been in deer camp where a guy pulls out a gun he hasn't shot since last season? You There's know? a lot of I mean, times. Too, I've always too many times. Why people yeah. are like that because that to me that's been kind of counterproductive. I agree. Right. right. Down to it. Yeah, and you're absolutely right that those gu- those short guns are every bit as capable. They're absolutely mm-hmm. amazing. Yeah. Uh, I, I brought you a gun today that uh, I'm going to ask you to do the trigger job on. It's a 454 Casul and a Taurus Raging Hunter, and I think it's got probably about an eight, almost nine inch barrel on it. Uh, that thing at 100 yards with uh, 300 grain Hornady XTP bullets 
their their commercial loads. It even with the it, with a tough trigger, it's shooting an extremely fine group at a hundred yards. It's funny you mention accuracy because uh, I think it was Jack O'Connor who said only accurate rifles are interesting. Is that right? Yeah, there's several people who yeah. said that. Yeah, I think it was one of them in Ward Page. Yes, yeah, yeah. All those loaders so that, that I, age. Not, not, not to disparage that generation, but to me, accurate guns are not interesting anymore. And let me sit, let me tell you why. Okay, interesting because. That's it. That's the baseline, right? Yes. Accuracy is the baseline. And we have gone, like those guys led the, the guns of those, the gunsmiths of that, that era, you know, the guys who were taking the $5 Mauser out of the barrel at Wool, Woolworths <laughs> and turning it into a bench rest gun. True. Those guys laid the foundation for yes. accuracy. For, so to me, accuracy is not interesting. I mean, it, it is in so much as that a gun has to be accurate. Right. But the, we figure that out. You know, that's that's been done. There is no secret to accuracy anymore. And our capabilities now are so good that someone in a little shop like me can build a rifle that shoots half MOA all day. Because as long as everything is concentric, parallel, and perpendicular to the bore, your gun's going to shoot accurately. Now, the rest of it's up to you. Trigger, you know, scope, et cetera, et cetera. Right. So to me, I'm fascinated by the the unique, you know, like, like the Raging Hunter is a perfect example because an 8 and 3 8 barrel with a tridge red dot on it that's such a that, that's different you know and of course it has to be accurate we're not, we're not picking up guns that aren't accurate anymore well you know you're exactly right by golly you're exactly right i want to go back uh years ago when i was doing all the stuff with the tcs and and a uh, long time with ruger mm-hmm. with the yeah. with the uh, super blackhawk hunter and uh, all those I use long eye relief scopes uh-huh. on. Now I understand you're using some other scopes on some of the guns as well. So I, I learned from Ernie Bishop about using rifle scopes on uh, rifle caliber uh, specialty pistols. So, for instance, and this is a per- a purely a personal preference thing. Although I do believe if you want to shoot in those competitions where you shoot out to a long distance, you've right. got to have a rifle scope because there's no handgun scope with those capabilities right now. Right. Um, but, yeah, so I'm with you. Okay. Personally, like on revolvers, I much prefer a, um, a long eye relief scope. Right. You know, the Burris is a long time standard, but I'm, I'm really into red dots too. Um, on the bolt action uh, or Thompson centers, depending on the caliber, right. I, also, I like to put a rifle scope on it. Um, I just, first of all, with with the longer guns, it, it lets you have a little bit longer range. With the uh, like right now, I have just a cheap three to nine Very X two loophole on my seven millimeter 08 Encore, and um, you get, there's a learning curve, obviously, but I've never been scoped. You know, I you have to learn. Uh, you know, you do see a little bit of a black ring sometimes, right. you know, because your eyes. For, but the good thing about that. Is that that's how you can self-correct parallax by making your ring yes. equal? So, you know, it work it works out for me pretty well. Interesting, interesting. I, I I've never really put a, a standard rifle scope on mm-hmm. on the handgun thing, um, but then also I was never really shooting at the mm-hmm. long ranges yeah. to where, and when I did, it was simply a, a yeah, pull over. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah. You know, yeah. where you get to shooting a lot. Years ago, what I'd do is I'd set up uh, four by eight sheets of plywood, mm-hmm. and then I would back off and always hold it the exact same spot, mm-hmm. somewhere close to oh, the top. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I could literally follow my drop. I knew exactly yep. what my drop was at, at different distances. Well, that, was so, back, that was uh, back before plywood cost more than a gun. Back before plywood <laughs> yeah. was very cheap. That's right. Ammunition was really That's available. Right. <laughs> and it was relatively cheap, too. But I learned about doing the holdovers, sure. you mm-hmm. know, out to, like I said, out to about four or 500 yards, particularly with yeah. uh, the, the Encores and the XP100. That and that's had. another good thing to say, too, is that even if your scope has drops built into it, you need to do that. Because what it says on paper is not always what yeah, your gun does. Yeah, I've, I've got one thing that I've spent a lot of time out at the FTW ranch. Mm-hmm. We'll set up a, a scope on a particular rifle, and then we will true that rifle and scope ammunition oh, sure. combination yeah. to the certain ranges. Yep. So we know that, yes, this is a yeah, great yeah. setting where you've got to turn up or, or yeah. uh, adjustable uh, reticle kind of thing. And a lot of scope manufacturers these days are offering custom uh, really elevation are. turrets exactly. for your yeah, chosen you, you load. You tell them what 
load you're going to yeah. use and, yeah. and basically what elevation yeah. you're going to hunt at. Mm -hmm. and, and it's amazing how close those mm -hmm. things are in that situation. Handguns, revolvers or single shots or bolt action? What, what do you prefer? Well, or is there a preference? I don't have a preference only because, like, I'm so keen on the collecting side of it, you know? <laughs> I'm always like, one, I am, I'm a project-based guy. Like, my interest lasts only as long as I've been successful at a project, you know? <laughs> it's been a real chore for me to, for me to have a career. So, <laughs> I, um, like, for instance, I'll work up a gun, and then I'll hunt with it for a season, half a season, or maybe even one hunt, if I'm like, I, I want to kill a pig or a big buck with this, with this gun. Right. Uh, and then I'll move on to the next one. And then when when I've gone through enough, or or my, uh, or I'm I just have an, an itch, I'll go back to it. So for yeah. me, you know, I want to try everything. Uh, I've hunted with, um, I've hunted with all action types, I guess you could say, with the exception of like some of the more esoteric, like the Lone Eagle or the Dominator or whatever. Yeah, I haven't yeah. I haven't done much with those. But like this season, I hunted mostly with an Encore. But I killed my first deer this season with my. Uh, 357 Blackhawk Bisley, um, and then I hunted that season with the bolt action as well. That 458 I built. So I, I guess you know where where we hunt here in in the hill country, there aren't a whole lot of opportunities for longer shots. And one of the things I love about handgun hunting is how much better a woodsman it's made, it's made me. So I really do like the idea of an iron sight revolver on my hip, stalking through the woods, you know, being able to get close. Because I found hunting that way, man, the first season we hunted, and I'm towing around the seven and a half pound gun on a sling, and, right. you know, chomping, I'm not a small guy, so just like chomping through the woods, you know. <laughs> How many times I got busted, it was just insane. But if you go into the woods and you manage to get within stalk within 40 or 50 yards of a deer, and that deer busts you and runs away before you get a shot, you come out of those woods still with that hepped-up feeling of, oh, my gosh, that was incredible. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Yeah, and so that to me, and that was with that scoped bolt action even. So to me, that that's where the fun of it lies now in in our community there are guys who get different you know different and they hunt different ways because of where they are in in the, in the country but for me the closer you can get the better and that's part of the fun of it you mentioned uh the red dot type sites why why those well i first of all they're easy they're so easy you're not worrying about parallax and all that stuff. I have a, a red dot on my uh, squirrel gun. I have a twenty two Mark III target with a, with a oh, cool. fast fire three on it. I love that gun. I love it so much. And um, it's so much easier to teach kids to shoot handguns with red dots on them. Yeah. You know, than it is a, a scope you got, especially a long eye relief scope. I mean, with any kind of scopes, because with a long eye relief scope, you got to teach them how to find their eye relief. With a short eye relief scope, you got to teach them not to get too close. With iron sights, you know, I do want my kids to learn to shoot iron sighted because Absolutely. I feel like shooting iron sights is like driving a manual transmission. Absolutely. You know, <laughs> it's not that common these days, no. but everybody should, should learn it. Yeah, exactly you. right. That's right. And, uh, but red dots are just, and especially for where I am, it's uh, it's the most versatile, you know, because I don't care if it's 15 to 200 yards, that red dot is capable. It is. I've, I've been shooting these revolvers, these uh, 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 Taurus guns here as of late, and with the red dots, and I've got a, I've got one, I've got three different, uh, three different ones I've been shooting, and one's got a, uh, I, think, I think a minute dot, one's mm -hmm. got a three and a half minute dot, mm -hmm. one's got a five minute dot. Mm -hmm. Essentially, all that means is yep. 100 yards. You know, that's just, how much it that, how much covers. That dot yeah. covers kind of thing. And for years, I had shot traditional long eye relief scope mm -hmm. variables that uh, maybe one and a half to five or two right. and a half to seven or eight mm -hmm. or whatever. Generally, very never ever turned it up much beyond four power because mm -hmm. that always seemed to do well. But it, it was a little bit of an adjustment for me to shoot 
the red dot site. Mm-hmm. But once I got into it, it's amazing how quick it is. I can shoot with both oh, eyes yes, open. Absolutely. You know, and mm-hmm. although there's so many advantages to it, mm-hmm. and uh, I've gotten to where I really, really like those. And, and I've been shooting out to 100, 125, 150 mm-hmm. yards with them. And, and basically, I have no qualms with depending on what load or, right. or caliber I have that I'm shooting that uh, I shouldn't be able to take a deer out to 125 yards or beyond. Yeah, and there's a... <clears throat> Even though, to me, as you mentioned, the thrill comes in. For sure, yeah. How close can sure, I get yeah. before I pull But it also depends on what you're hunting, right? You know, exactly. like... Oh, exactly, like, yeah. Um, so there's a guy in Wyoming who put on the first annual handgun hunters competition this year. His mm-hmm. name's Chris Rhodes, who runs a shop up there. And he is really into the long, what we would consider long-range revolver right. shooting. And he he's taking game uh, with his forty four mag out past two hundred yards. Yeah, and he uses scopes usually for yeah. that kind of shooting. Um, but that but where he hunts out west, two hundred yards is not far. You no, know? that no, is no, getting no, no. close exactly. to pronghorn. You know, exactly. for a lot of lot of that kind of hunting. And then he does a lot of rock chuck hunting and and whatnot. So there there are instances in where you can gain the thrill by extending the distance, and especially when it comes to predator hunting or small game hunting. You know, shooting a coyote at a couple hundred yards with your forty four mag is pretty fun. That's a lot yeah, of fun. Yeah, I've done that yeah. too. So yeah. I can tell see you if you can lob them in there. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> it really is. To me, there's just something magical when I get a chance to go out handgun hunting. I've done a lot of it in the past, and I was with Ruger for a long time, and we kept introducing new rifles, mm-hmm. new guns, and yeah. here, take this rifle, You're like, take, Wait this a minute. rifle <laughs> take this rifle, you know. And the whole time I was sitting there, I really want to shoot my right. black hawk yeah. hunter, 44 man yeah. kind of thing. So now with, with the trying to do some work with the Taurus, mm-hmm. that has opened an, another door for me once again. Well, going back to both of our kind of background, you know, growing up, you were talking about the Westerns were big. Growing up for me, one Western in particular, Rio Bravo, you know, John Wayne, Dean Martin. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah, that's just <laughs> such a great, that, I watched that with my grandpa and that put such an imprint on me. And how many kids just think it is so cool to walk around with a gun on your hip? You know, it's such a it's such an ingrained, especially for boys, in right. us that as we carry that into our hunting, we get that added kind of um, fulfillment of childhood <laughs> dreams. You know, and and that is for me that is one of the cool cool parts about it because being able to strap onto your hip or cross draw or whatever not only does it enable you to move through the woods faster no chance of your rifle barrel snagging on a tree or something like that but there is kind of this feeling of having a self-contained meat getting apparatus all over you know strapped onto your body i really like that yeah there's something special yeah about i know that. it is it's I, funny I, I don't know quite exactly like yeah. you probably pinned it better than i could have but you know you're, you're exactly right uh mm-hmm. With the guns that you work on here in mm-hmm. your shop, how much time do you spend working on handguns? Now I know that you're you're working on even developing some handguns. Yeah, so um, like I said, I've been a general gunsmith and rifle builder for years. I did a lot of work on like lever guns and single shot. Uh, what people will call buffalo rifles, I guess. Yeah, the shallow sharps. Yeah, yeah, high walls, low walls, yeah. rolling blocks, oh sharps. Yeah. yeah. Um, but again, my true love is handgunning. So I'm stuck in a place right now where I, I have a clientele base of of local guys who still rely on me to fix their guns. Right. Uh, and I do still build a few rifles. But I've recently hired a guy by the name of Justin McMillan, who is an American gu- uh, Custom Gunmakers Guild uh, master metalsmith. Really? He's well known in the industry for his 1911s, and he's um, and some revolvers that I can show you too that he's built. Um, and he's come on to help me develop the custom hunting handgun side of the business. Perfect. Because that is where my heart is, and that is where I want to take this my, my business. So that is handgun hunter supply. So what I... What? Uh, <laughs> I'll tell you, funny, is uh, I decided to launch handgun hunter supply in March of 2020 when... There was no such thing as being able to get a gun. I thought, I want to cater to specifically curated for the handgun hunter, and I do not use, I don't use debt in my business, so it wasn't like I was going to get a big loan and and buy a bunch of uh, stock. Right. Then the supply dried up, 
And I yes. haven't been able to sell <laughs> cool. a dang thing for a long time. But we're developing the custom side of that, um, and that's really where I want to go. I, I do still have, like, my shop still has a bunch of rifles in it, just right. local work. Um, but as far as what we're focusing on, um, yeah, we're building we're building hangouts. We have, you know, XPs. I developed my own rear grip uh, pistol stock for the Remington 700. Uh, if if it if it were any way possible to make the XP100 center grip accessible to the public again for a reasonable price, I'd be interested in trying to help with that project. And the, you know the biggest uh, obstacle there is that crazy trigger mechanism Absolutely. that they yeah. have. Yeah. Um, so yeah, right now we're accepting commissions for for custom handguns, and um, Justin has built handguns for some people that you would. You would know some very high-end guns made out of some of the craziest stuff in the world. He's well-versed in color case hardening at Damascus and, oh my gracious, and ac- yeah. ac- accuracy. You know, we have, like, the trifecta, beautiful, accurate, reliable right, type right. thing. And that's not—we uh, didn't come up with that, but we try to adhere to it. And so, yeah, that's where I'm trying to go. But on the other hand, I, don't, I also don't want to be—because the guns we build are not— um, accessible to everybody you know it's it as you know being in the industry for a while a custom gun is not cheap no no what we put into a custom gun is not cheap and exactly. re- revolvers take a lot more and then 1911s take a lot more than some some other guns you could build but i'm also interested in once the retail market starts coming back which i'm seeing signs that it is yes sir. Uh, i want to be able to offer access to people to just be able to have a place to get into it from people who know about it and can steer people because you, you you know you go to your average gun shop now I'm talking bigger box stores now, and yeah, they may have they may have your raging hunter in the case, but that guy doesn't know anything about no, it, he has and no he doesn't idea. he doesn't know not to sell a four five four Casul as the first revolver anybody gets, <laughs> you know, and so that yes, how many exactly right. I mean this is a good and a bad thing for us, but how many how many high caliber revolvers <laughs> have you come across because somebody bought them didn't have any instructions shot one cylinder through it and thought oh my god I'm never shooting that again that hurt I can't you know? remember particularly when the four sixty S oh. Yeah, 500 SLV came out. I mean, sales went way up, mm-hmm. and immediately after one shot, maybe two, yeah. they were for sale. That's right. Used <laughs> gun market. Uh, so, I, once uh, I'm interested in building up that side, the retail side as well, right. as a way to guide, to offer people with experience a place to know that these guys they focus on handgun hunting, and also a place to offer new shooters. A way to guide them into it, which I do already now. Right. Like I, I uh, this this may not be great for my business, but I, I don't care so much if you buy from me. I care that you join the community. You know, so I if you if I if I say I can't get that for you, but here's what I can recommend, or here's what I recommend you try. That's fine with me. And, and someday I'll be able to get it, and they'll remember that I was nice to them and helped them out, and so they'll be back. Well, absolutely. And the way I look at a lot of that stuff, everybody's got a market share. Mm-hmm. And if that market is 100, your percentage is 10%, that's 10. Yeah. But if it's 10,000, mm-hmm. 10% is 1,000. Yeah, so right. to me, the, the bigger we can grow that market, yes. regardless what the market share yes. is, everybody has a tendency to benefit from it. And I think, you know, that brings us into... Um, well, you've told me before about uh, how many handgun hunters there yeah. are, and I'll let you repeat that. Yeah, years, not, not that many, but probably about five or six years ago, we got contacted by the Namibian government. They were looking at possibly starting handgun hunting in Namibia. They not have done that yet, but each time I ask or call, I want to talk to one of the ministers, to go, yes, it's in the mail, yes, it's in the mail, because there for a PH to take out an archery hunter, he has to have gone through an approved program. So they're doing the same thing, trying to do that with, with handguns. So when we were doing all that, we got in touch with some of the, the, the census people here in the U.S. Their figures showed that there was 1.2 million hunters that hunted with handguns in the U.S. Now that, now that seems really high to me, yeah. but they were very adamant to saying, no, 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 these are good, sound numbers. Well, a couple of things about that. That could include people who have hunted with a handgun, right? I think that's yeah. probably what that did, yeah. Second thing, cut that in half. That's still a big number. Oh, my gosh, yeah. yeah. You know, half a million, 600,000 people. Absolutely. That, that's, a lot of, that's a lot of hunters. And it's such a good time right now, I think, because the... There are so many people who are inter- who are saying, "I have lost 
too much control over my world, and this is a way for me to regain it. So they're getting interested in getting their own food. They're getting interested Very in protecting much. themselves and whatnot, and learning uh, learning life skills that 60, 70 years ago, uh, heck, even 40 years ago, were just taken for granted, especially, you know, at least where I'm from. And so I think there's a huge opportunity because there's also, I hate to say it, but some, some people have earned it, the view of traditional hunting, especially in Texas, you know, where we hunt a lot from blinds at feeders. Um, and so there's that, we want it to be more fair. I'm, I'm using air quotes as big as I can right. because, <laughs> you know, those of us who have hunted a long time in that arena know that. First of all, if we don't do that, deer will starve. Yes. Second of all, it's not a gimme always. No, uh, no. Especially if you're hunting for a specific animal. So I think um, bow hunting has gained a big resurgence, but uh, and and bow hunting bow hunters are our, our brothers and sisters. You know, Amen. I mean, they are they are <laughs> as adamant about the challenge as we are. But I think there's also an opening, especially for um, urban people. Uh, you know, the cities are seeing a resurgence in people. You know, I, I've met so many people from Austin, which is just down the road, who have chickens in their backyard. And I can't if some wait until the zoning people find out about that. But, you know, farmers markets are huge. Um, just the idea of there, there's a major hunting show on Netflix now. You know, so there's yes. a there is an opportunity for us to bring people into the fold as long as we have a, the correct attitude about it of like this isn't about politics this isn't about policy this is about we are a self-reliant community who uses this method to get food for our families and improve ourselves in the process yeah i think we're seeing that across the board even, Absolutely. even people that live in out the country once again you know, oh sure people yeah. have lost skills yeah. quite frankly even though they may have grown up in the country and they've mm -hmm. forgotten them and, and all of a sudden there seems to be this huge resurgence of this i mean yeah. it's very obvious in in uh, the number of sales of hunting license and fishing license of course gun sales and then you know i'm leaving when you and i part company here today to go teach at the uh, fdw ranches where they do the sportsman all-weather all-terrain marksmanship thing to uh, we've got a, a new hunter school there where we take people in who essentially have no experience at all with guns, teach them about guns, teach them about ammo, teach them about scope, teach them about how to shoot, teach them how to hunt. I, I teach the biology side of it and a few other things. We teach them how to how to cape, how to mm -hmm. how to gut, how to skin, how to quarter, how to cut the meat up, and then how to prepare it. So we take them from 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 A to Z. Yeah. And there are people lined up for this, and they're paying good money for it. Yeah. But in the process, uh, that is happening, too, on other places as well, too. Right, so. and I do that. So I have a standing offer to anybody. Now, <clears throat> I don't have a, a big place to be able to say, yeah, y'all come out to the ranch. Right. But I know a lot of landowners around here and a lot of people. I, I will. People come to me, if you want to learn how to hunt, um, or you want to learn how to hunt with handguns specifically, right. I'll bring my handguns out, I'll let you shoot them, and you can see which one you like best, and then we'll go hunting. If you want to have a chance to do that, I don't charge a dime for that, because I, like I said, want people to have the experience. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And, and what a great way to do that, too. To I, I love the fact that you say, I'll bring my handguns out. And oh, yeah, absolutely. So they can see what yeah. works well for them. Absolutely. And then you can ask my wife this, too. My Literally my favorite thing to do in the entire world is have people over to my house, cook them some game, and have them say, oh, my gosh, that's <laughs> fill in the blank. You know, that's absolutely. squirrel, that's deer, that's deer heart, you know, that kind of thing. Right. I love, love, love doing that. And I think the more we do that, the more, you know, our world, uh, not to get philosophical, our world is going to be saved by lo by keeping things local, by keeping our communities smaller, Absolutely. and 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 focusing inward on the people around us directly, and that is such a good way to do it. It's such a good way to do it. It, it truly is, and that kind of leads into we talk a little bit about education. There used to be an organization called Handgun Hunters International. That guys like Larry Kelly, who was with Magnaport, uh, J.D. Jones, and a few others started several years ago and it's kind of gone by the wayside they had a publication called the six gunner you're reprising some of this yeah used to be no more i handgun hunters international is back um the quick story of that is that i started seeing online a lot of people asking about uh 
where they could find copies of the six gunner. Well, J.D. Right. Jones, one of the godfathers of handgun hunting, Amen. started Handgun Hunters International in 1979. The first six-gunner was October 1979, and it ended in, I think, summer of 2016. And that whole time, God bless him, he was typing, cutting, pasting, and having newsprint made of the six-gunner. There was no such thing as PDF, scan, no, you know. No, 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 no. So I reached out to J.D. I said, hey, would it be okay with you if you sent me some six-gunners and I digitized them, and I would give them away because I'm only invested in keeping this information from, you know, getting moth-eaten. Right. And so he said, "It's a big job, you know. <laughs> it's a big job." I said, "I know, I know, but I'm, I'm, I'm willing to ta tackle it." So he sent me a few, and I did it, and sent him what, what it looked like, and he said, "Yeah, that's good." So this big box shows up of every six gunner from 1979 to 2016, and I started digitizing them at a, in a PDF form, and sending them out for free if you sign up for my email it's free you know uh, you get on the list and it's free exactly. and uh, i'm continuing to as i digitize them they go out um well then i thought man there are a lot of people who are interested in this i wonder what happened to handgun hunters international well i spoke with jd and he said you know the internet killed it was his opinion right and um because there is so much in free information out there on the internet and i thought yeah i i get that i get why that would be um but i i wonder if there's not an opportunity to use the internet as a tool but not make that the primary focus of the organization and so i asked him i said would it are there any reasons that i couldn't bring this back he said no there aren't any reasons uh except you know if you know jd he he does not mince words no never had. <laughs> never uh, he said you know you're gonna you're gonna come up against some some you know think about this think about that right. think about all the information that's already out there well um, and I said, fair enough, I, I will. But I decided to go ahead with it anyway because – so I, I – long story longer, I started I started it and it launched last month. So July right. 2021, Handgun Hunters International is officially back in action. The Six Gunner is now a digital publication uh, which enables it to be you know just full color, great pictures, good articles. And um, it is just – it's, it's what I want to do with my life, you know. It's kind of one of those things. <laughs> I love it. I love so it. I love it. I, love it. I, uh, I believe. Here's what I think Handgun Hunters International can be made into now. I see it as three parts. The organization itself, its members, and the industry. I want each one to become, uh, I hate saying it, but synergistic, you know. I, it's not a word I like to use, but, I'm the same way, but I wish they would come. Up. Okay, Larry. All right, you and I, you and I, you and I. Sometime around, we need to get around the campfire and come up with a replacement <laughs> word. I totally agree. <laughs> Believe me. Uh, I hate that yeah. Anyway, each one working in tandem to improve the other. Like for instance, I would love to have a place uh, with a membership large enough for the industry to go to know. Well, here's what handgun hunters truly want, and we're not we, and that would take. Uh, that would benefit both sides where in the industry could say, well, we are, we have more confidence that if we bring this out, it will sell. And then we could say, well, the industry's not bringing out stuff that we don't want to buy. Um, I, I also think like that a, a, a means to funnel new, new hunters in, I want exactly. hang I'm working on developing a mentorship program that to where new hunters can be involved with experienced guys um, and learn how to hunt with a handgun. Um, we're doing uh, handgun hunts. You know, I'm 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 working on getting uh, places where where I can find you know say like hey we're bringing ten of us. How much would it cost per person? And then I put the word out and say hey it's X amount of dollars if you want to come right. come. And we have our first hunt on the books for next spring. It's a pig hunt down in down in South Texas. Um, Another thing that I'm doing that is it is similar to the rest of the internet. We do have a forum on on Handgun Hunters International, but I am a very strict moderator, a very strict moderator. I know the old saw about how keyboard anonymity, you know, and it, false keyboard courage. Right. Um, unfortunately, and this is the bad side. That, but I I'm I never shy away from talking about anything about any community is that it can sometimes devolve into tribalism. And I hate that about us, but it is what it is. And in the past, there have been arguments about, oh, you, you've heard them all. You know, is is a Bolta, is an XP100 really a handgun? Can you hunt with, you know, lead versus 
you know, jacketed, et cetera. That's fine. And I don't begrudge anybody, whatever legal no. method they use, they're welcome under our no, tent. No, no, no. And I also don't mind a vigorous debate, but I moderate very heavily for politeness, and you're not allowed to disparage other people's uh, comments. Excellent. So, Excellent. because I want new people to be able to come and be like, what? I don't want them to think, yeah. man, what is going on with this? I want everybody to feel welcome. Uh, so that it's going great. It's, it's easy to use. Uh, the format has, has been well, well received. Uh, it's getting a lot of engagement already. It's really fun to just see, like people are just posting all kinds of pictures. There's already probably a few hundred pictures on there of, of people saying, Oh, you know, here's one that I, here's, here's some of my successes in the past and et cetera. And then there's already new guys asking, Hey, I need, a scope for this, what would you guys recommend? And that's exactly what I want the community to be. However, I say this a lot. The forum is only our pen pal organization, right? It is not the primary right. means by which we run our organization. It is yeah. a way for us to stay in touch when we're not together. But my goal, if I can grow this thing big enough, is to have – I would love to get to the point where we could have chapters you know, right. around the country. Right. But I'm planning on trying to get enough – actual physical gatherings around in different regions of the country so that people can meet, shake hands, look each other in the eye, know who they are, so that when we when we do have to, we have that basis of a personal relationship, which there is no replacement for, when we go to interact with each other online. And one of the good things, like this past summer, a whole bunch of us were at uh, the Handgun Hunters competition right. in Wyoming, so we already know each other, you know? And it's that there is no replacement for that, and that and that is where I am focused. Very interesting. There, there are several places. I mentioned the FTW Ranch mm-hmm. earlier. I mean, that is a fantastic training facility. And and uh, uh, Tim Tim Fallon yeah, yeah. is the mm-hmm. primary guy. Yeah, there. we've emailed back and forth a little I, bit. I thought you mm-hmm. probably had. Yeah. And and several years ago, uh, this goes back. I can't remember several years ago. Let's mm-hmm. say that Tim and I looked at very very strongly at putting together a school built around mm-hmm. handgun hunting. Mm-hmm. And then we got off into several different things. Each was going a little bit different direction, and we kind of got away from it. But there would be an ideal opportunity, I think, maybe to talk to Tim. Because mm-hmm. he's always looking for, quote-unquote, business. Yeah, sure. He can house probably close to 30 people oh, on, wow. the, yeah. on the ranch. And it is one of the primary, I mean, the, the, the premier, primary, whatever, uh, training facilities in terms of long distance shooting. Mm. Again, though, he stresses you learn to shoot at those great distances. So when you crawl within a hundred yep. yards or something or less, you can precisely right. place that bullet kind of thing, which I really appreciate. But that might be, and, and I'll visit with him. Uh, I'll be there later today and say, hey, this is something you need to get in touch with with Ryan and. and uh, you know, maybe that can be something done similar to what you did up yeah. in Wyoming. Well, I am absolutely in, interested in that. My my uh, feelers are out everywhere for anybody who's interested in helping with stuff like that. So I we'll talk details uh, off off mic, but yes, okay. absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. And, well, and I here's put, a, I put it on this thing. Yeah, so, so that it's, yeah, I, that's I, it. We have a re- yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's right. Yeah. I would love that. Absolutely, I would love that. And I know the FTW has a fantastic reputation of taking care of its guests and yes. being the consummate professionals. I would absolutely love that. Yeah, and I'll we'll, tell you, we'll approach them about uh, another thing too. Uh, we're a, we're a baby organization right now, but one of the great things about us is because we're handgun hunters, we love paying for things in sweat and blood. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> not usually tears, you know. No. <laughs> no. But, uh, yeah, man, so we will we will figure something out. Yeah, and I'm I'm the kind of guy, like, you're like, hey, can you haul a hundred steel targets somewhere? And I'm, as long as, as and if that gives me a chance to just stand behind someone, I'm happy to do it. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit more about, how can somebody learn more about Handgun Hunters International? Yeah, so I have a website up, handgunhuntersinternational.com. Um, you go there, and on the homepage, it has everything you need. You can join. It's uh, $4.99 a month. 
to join the organization, or if you pay for a year, you get one month free. I am offering a, a limited number, only 100 founding members, um, and that is going to be limited to 100. I have, a, I do have some of those left. It's 250 bucks, but it uh, gets you in for life, and you get a discount on our merchandise, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, once you're in, that's when you get to access the forum. You get to see what hunts we have coming up. Uh, you get to buy from our merchandise store. So that's one other thing I forgot to mention. I'm not. And as everybody has told me, I'm not trying to get rich on this thing, but only members can buy HHI stuff. So if you see somebody oh, cool. with an yeah. HHI you know shirt, that they are hat, a member. you know that they are a member. Yeah. I like that, mm-hmm. too. That, that there's there's something to be said a little bit about exclusivity Absolutely. in certain instances. Yeah. But, uh, and not just that, but a means to recognize each other. I mean, well, if you're walking down the street and you see somebody. somebody yeah. But I'll tell you something. If that guy is, is wearing something that's got HHI on it, you know mm-hmm. what it is. Uh, to me, it's going to be somebody I want to visit with. Absolutely right. It's going right. to be somebody that I may suggest, hey, or, would you like to hunt? You ought to go <clears throat> talk to so-and-so because mm-hmm. they do accommodate. Yeah, absolutely. Another thing that I'm, I'm keen on getting uh, some other ideas for the organization, I would like to get a database together. This is a huge project that I'm going to need help with of both gun ranges and outfitters that are handgun hunter friendly or focused. So, um, as you know, if you go to a lot of gun ranges, they don't trust handguns on the long range. You know, right. they want to limit you to the 25-yard right. bays. I would like to find those that do so that, you know, if you're running around, you're like, I need to go to a range, or if you're traveling, whatever, you can find one or find one in your area. And also, outfitters that are okay with handgun hunters coming and know how to accommodate and how to guide them. I would love to get that as a, as a um, perk as well. Well, I think, too, as, as the word gets out, I think you'll have both those groups mm-hmm. coming to you and saying, hey, you yeah. know, how, how do we mm-hmm. get on the list kind of thing as well, too. Because uh, there are some, I mean, there are some outfitters that don't understand handgun mm-hmm. hunting, but there's still quite a few of them that, uh, I, I know a few of them that secretly, not secretively, but they hunt with handguns oh, yeah. when they do with a mm-hmm. rifle anymore. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, there, there's a lot of interest out there, I think. And one more thing I want to say about industry participation. I am, uh, I do have a I call it a business partner that can join HHI, and um, it's 250 bucks a year, and they get advertising in the Six Gunner, and then they'll get advertising across our media as that develops as well. Uh, and then they get a, a, a link on our website to where people can go to their site. Now, one of the, the, the thing that's important to me about that is that they have to answer this question. How do you serve the handgun hunting community? Because I'm not going to accept an, ad, an advertiser or a partner, rather, who doesn't? You know, I'm not going to take a rifle maker right. just because I want their advertising. Exactly. Because I don't want uh, that. That erodes trust of the community. So, um, and I'm not talking about just just big names. Yeah, sure, I'd love to have Smith and Wesson and Taurus and Hornady come and become business partners. But I'm also talking about um, small gun shops that are interested in handgun hunting small boutique uh handgun like my my business and chris's business up in wyoming and some other places who who are not big shops but are passionate about handgun right. hunting so right. it's open to anybody and i try to price it competitively to where people can afford it absolutely yeah. but the the goal is that you know it's people who are experienced or are interested in handgun hunting that's going to see it and that's it so that's another aspect and i and i don't i i'm I'm not a natural salesman, but I'm only selling because I believe the more we get, the better it's going to be for the members. You know, it's it's not about me; it's about them, and that's why I'm always open to feedback, always open to comments. I want to make this something that serves everybody. Absolutely fantastic! Uh, handgun hunting is so much fun, it, it, and it's it's it requires a little bit of a skill learning, but it's not impossible. Almost anybody that I've ever run into. That had any kind of interest at all with, with picking up a handgun and learning how to shoot it can be a pretty. And if they know a little bit about hunting, mm-hmm. uh, the hunting is really not that different from hunting with a bow or right. hunting with a muzzleloader or even with a rifle. But uh, if, if they've got a little bit of interest in handgun hunting, I found that most of them are, get to be pretty darn proficient with a handgun, absolutely, particularly at hunting ranges very mm-hmm. quickly. Yeah, and that translates into other life skills. You know, fun, shooting fundamentals are shooting fundamentals, and if you put in the time to practice with your hunting gun, it's going to make you better with your self-defense gun as well. And it's also going to make you more confident with that with that gun, if God forbid you ever had to use it. So there's a lot of crossover. 
There really is. For, for somebody that that's kind of halfway interested, maybe they're hearing this for the first time, or, or, or maybe they've heard a little bit about handgun hunting, what's the best advice you can give them about getting into handgun hunting? The best advice that I could give, uh, you know, first you start with, do you have a handgun? Right. You know, and if you have a handgun, then I would say there is something you can hunt with that handgun. You know, the, obviously you don't want to go deer hunting with a 380 pocket pistol, but if you could practice and get close enough to a rabbit, you can you can hunt that and eat that. And how much how much how good would you be with your pocket pistol if you could kill oh a rabbit? Right? Yeah. So <laughs> exactly. I mean, that's only to say, hunt with what you got. Get right. to the field. You know, get out there and do it. No matter what you have, reach out to me. Reach out to you to somebody who just say, hey, do you know I live in this state? Do you know anybody I could call or that's close? Because I have a good base of people who I who I could say, hey, would you mind you know meeting so and so at the range and bringing. Um, a couple of guns for them to shoot or whatever. Uh, but of course I will go back to the age old advice of anybody getting involved in hunting anywhere. And that is start with a 22, you know, you know, get yourself, <laughs> I love that. even yeah, if sure. it's, even if it's a heritage revolver, right? Exactly. I mean, a cheap gun, it's not going to put you out a lot, but it'll give you that experience. You could definitely hunt small game with it. Uh, and if your budget allows, you know, you can step up into the buck marks, the mark three or mark four now, right. um, or revolt the Bearcats or the single sixes and whatnot. Uh, get a twenty-two, and I tell you what, small game hunting absolutely translates to big game hunting, both in shooting uh, proficiency and in woodsmanship. Uh, it is no easier to stock up on a cottontail than it is to stock up on a whitetail. And they're much smaller. Target. And they're much smaller target, right? <laughs> yeah. And then after that, after you get proficient with that, then start moving into uh, bigger calibers for for medium and big game. Here's another thing: you do not need, you do not need a 500 magnum to go deer hunting. You know, you do not need the biggest. You do not need to open that cylinder and fill it with panatellas to go hunting. You know, go be reasonable. You know, what what did Elmer Keith do with 44 specials? You know, uh, I I load as long as you keep the ranges reasonable and your your loads correct uh, inside of 50 yards at, or sometimes further. A 357 will do it, especially on our deer in Texas. Right. Um, you're going to have to. You're going to have to temper what you use to your region, but you do not have to shoot the biggest, boominous gun to be a successful handgun hunter. As a matter of fact, that's usually more of a setback than than um, than a start. It, it really can be, and I, I really appreciate the fact that you're bringing out more about the, the small game. So very often when we talk hunting these days, particularly with something that shoots a single projectile, mm -hmm. uh, most people immediately think in terms of, of deer, hogs, and Big game, right. talking about moose, elk, all those kind of things. But there's so many hunting opportunities available in every state for rabbits, and then throughout at least the well, even out throughout the West for squirrels. Mm -hmm. And both those are absolutely fantastic to eat on top of everything. Else. Absolutely right. And I love like uh, I have three kids. And how great is squirrel hunting to introduce kids into hunting? Oh my gosh! Yeah, gosh. and we're lucky here, you know, no close season, no bag limit, right. and uh, in this area, there's a bunch of pecan farmers, and they they don't care. They're like, please come shoot yes. squirrels, you know. <laughs> exactly. And uh, fried squirrel is delicious. Squirrel stew is delicious. Squirrel and dumplings is a classic southern Amen. recipe. <laughs> and uh, yeah, those are low barrier to entry game animals that you can start hunting, and there is. Um, there is an opportunity everywhere in the U.S. for something like that. I was just in Wyoming. You don't even have to have a hunting license to kill prairie dogs out there. They just please, please come, you know, shoot these prairie dogs. And uh, that's, I mean, how good is that for target practice and well, accuracy? It's fantastic. Yeah. Even like Oklahoma, you don't need, even if you're not a resident, you do not need a license to hunt all wild hogs. Oh, right. Mm -hmm. And I think Texas is, is kind of on the edge of that right yeah. now. but. Uh, there are so many different opportunities out there from the very small game to yeah. even even the larger game. Uh, before we close this out, tell me again how the best way to get in touch with you, with your shop, in case somebody's interested sure. in, a, in a custom gun or maybe they've got some questions about wanting to design a custom gun. Uh, yeah, so you can reach out to me at handgunhuntersupply.com and my email there is 
just Ryan at handgunhuntersupply.com. And talking's always free with me. Even if you want to call and ask questions or say, hey, what would it take to do this? I love talking to people. Um, so, yeah, that's where you can reach out for, for custom for custom work. Perfect. And also for the Handgun Hunters International, how do they get in touch with you there? Again, the website is handgunhuntersinternational.com. Um, we were going for world's longest website name. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, handgunhuntersinternational.com. And my email there, again, is ryan at handgunhuntersinternational.com. And if you get one confused, I see them both. So uh, reach out to me with any questions, comments, concerns you have. I'm happy to help. Ryan, thank you so very much for joining us around the campfire. I got a feeling we're going to do this numerous times in the future, and I can't wait to sit around something beside uh, a desk at yeah, the yeah. campfire this morning and, and really delve into some of the things we talked about a little bit earlier. Thank you so much for joining us today, and we look forward to seeing you right back here next week on DSC's Campfires with Larry Weissin. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for joining us around the campfire. To leave a comment or suggestion for an upcoming episode, go to Instagram at Larry Wysoon Outdoors. Please join me right here next week for another DSC's Campfire. DSC Campfires with Larry Wysoon has also been brought to you by the Texas Wildlife Association. Working for tomorrow's wildlife today. TRHP Outdoors. Kenetrek Boots for the trails less traveled. Boyt, the finest in hunting gear. Pyramid Air for all things air gun. And Ripcord, rescue travel protection.